Welcome back to Local News Live. I'm Brian Pierce. Great to be joined by Melissa Bruner, anchor and managing editor at WIBW in Topeka, Kansas. Melissa, thanks for joining us tonight for this primary Tuesday. It feels like a primary, unlike maybe any other in Kansas. Turnout seems to have been significant. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? It definitely is a primary, unlike any other. Because of the constitutional amendment question that is on the ballot today, in a primary election, we have seen some record voter turnout just with the advance votes. And, you know, part of what you kind of watch is whether that's going to impact how many people show up in person. Is it just a factor of people want to vote early or do will it? Will there be as many people today? And what we're hearing is very busy at the polls today. Turnout at the polls today, also record. So as of yesterday morning, the Secretary of State's office put out numbers that showed voter turnout for advanced voting was triple what it was wow. in the primary four years ago. And we compare it to 2018 because that was the last primary for the gubernatorial and the statewide candidate races. So certainly the difference this time and four years ago, we do have some competitive candidate primaries, but it is that constitutional amendment question. Another reason that it's different is because Kansas primaries are typically closed, which means you have to be affiliated with a political party in order to participate. Because of the constitutional amendment question, everybody can participate on that vote. And we have seen, as of yesterday morning, on the advance vote, 44,860 unaffiliated voters wow. casting their ballots. Also historically in Kansas, the Democratic primaries tend not to be quite as competitive. So this time around, in the advanced voting numbers, 136,000 Republicans had participated, 116,000 Democrat ballots had been cast. So really on par and certainly numbers that you wouldn't see in a typical primary. Yeah, I read typical primary, usually Republicans outnumber Democrats two to one, at least in the early voting, but it doesn't seem like that's the case now. Much closer. Can you describe, or I guess just tell us what that amendment is about and its obvious massive significance to Kansas? Sure. There's a lot of history that goes into this, and really it goes back to a law that was passed in 2015, and that was a law that banned a specific type of abortion that is done typically in the second trimester. And the Kansas Supreme Court, in a ruling issued in 2019, struck down that law. And the reason that they struck down that law is that they ruled the Kansas Constitution grants the right to an abortion. They said that that fell under and I'm going to take a look back at some text from that 2019 ruling and, and the, the summary of it so I get this right. But they said uh, the part of the Constitution that talks about the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness also extends to the right. It protects a woman's right to decide whether to continue a pregnancy. A person's right to personal autonomy enables a person to make their own decisions regarding their body, health, family formation, family life, including the decision whether to continue a pregnancy. So what we are looking at in the post Roe v. Wade environment, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court earlier this year, as we know. And what that decision did is it kicked back to the states the decision to the decisions regarding regulating abortion and what restrictions to put on abortion in Kansas that right was protected by the Kansas Constitution by way of this 2019 Kansas Supreme Court decision. So what lawmakers did this past session was they decided to put on the ballot a constitutional amendment. And the constitutional amendment question makes clear that the Kansas Constitution and nothing in the Kansas Constitution grants the right to an abortion and that the people by way of their elected representatives, i.e. the legislature, can make regulations regarding abortion. So that's what this does. Now, if we take a look at the debate on both sides, what does that mean? Tomorrow, regardless of the outcome of this vote today, nothing changes. Everything stays the same. Kansas has several regulations 
in place regarding abortion. Abortions are not allowed after 22 weeks, except in the case of uh, the mother's life is threatened. Uh, and there are other exceptions on that. We have a waiting period. There is ultrasound requirements. There's a lot of requirements in place in Kansas. So none of that will change tomorrow. Um, regardless of which side wins, abortion will still be allowed and it will not be banned. But what happens next? That's the big question that hinges on the outcome of this vote. If the amendment is added to the con Kansas Constitution, lawmakers, the logic and the thought process is that lawmakers would perhaps come back in session in January and pass more restrictions on abortion. If it fails, the fear from the yes side who want this amendment is they say, well, because of that 2019 Kansas Supreme Court decision, then all the other regulations on the books may be deemed unconstitutional as well. And so we could have a free for all with no regulations on the abortion industry in Kansas. So that's what the two sides are looking at. There is a thought process from those who are urging vote no that this could lead to a complete ban because some of the text of the amendment, and I know I'm talking a lot to explain a lot of what's going on here because there are a lot of what ifs and a lot of misunderstandings as far as what it would do. But part of the text of the amendment says that they may pass laws regarding abortion, including but not limited to laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother. So it says that they can make laws and restrictions that even account for those circumstances either way. And so that's the fear from the vote no folks, that that text means they don't need to have those exceptions. They can make laws that govern those exceptions. So those are the questions that we're looking at after the votes are counted. Melissa, great breakdown of the amendment proposed as well as what both sides are saying and what their concerns are potentially. What has the environment been around, I guess you can say campaigning, even though we're not looking at candidates here. What has the environment been around in the campaign and voters' perception, the protests, people out in the streets? What's that been like the past couple of weeks? Well, more than the past couple of weeks, I will say, ever since this got on the ballot, and, and, and it has heated up, millions of dollars have been poured into ads um, from both sides of this debate. A lot of phone calls, a lot of yard signs. Uh, there has been, you know, some controversy, some, some things that have gone on on both sides. There have been a lot of complaints of vandalism and theft of yard signs. Yesterday, a text message went out that uh, went mostly to people who were registered Democrats and it used language that the vote no side was using but said to vote yes. It said voting yes means you're protecting choice and protecting a woman's right to make her health decisions. Well, it turned out today, the Washington Post reported that that text message actually originated from a former Kansas congressman who's a conservative Republican in a group that he associated with. That was reported by the, the Washington Post. But when that text came out yesterday, it was not credited to any side. And of course, the vote no side said, wait a minute, this is the language that we are using. We say if you vote no, that is what is needed to protect choice and protect a woman's right to make decisions. But instead, it's instead this text message wording said vote yes in order to do those things. Melissa, we appreciate you breaking all this down. My final question tonight, uh, the voter turnout, as you mentioned, has been extremely high. What does that say about this amendment and I guess a potential outcome, if you can even read between the tea leaves and indicate anything? You know, you can't necessarily read between the tea leaves. On the one side, it just says a lot of people are interested. A lot of people feel strongly for this issue and they could feel strongly for either side. Some polling that has been reported from throughout this campaign is that it is neck and neck. Just because the unaffiliated voters came out doesn't necessarily mean that all those unaffiliated voters are voting vote no or voting vote yes. 
Same thing with the increased participation among Democratic voters in this primary. Doesn't necessarily mean they're all voting no or voting yes, and same for the Republicans. So really to me what this says is a lot of people feel very strongly about this, and we will just wait and see where the vote comes out. And it is worth saying that no matter what happens with this vote, there are a lot of next steps. Both sides still will have skin in the game as we go on to the legislative session and as we go to the general election, because if they pass a law, so say for example, vote yes wins, the legislature passes a law that adds further restrictions, whoever is governor could veto that. And then it's a matter of, is there a two-thirds majority in both houses of the legislature to override that veto? So you see kind of the trickle down here. Uh, things have to happen in order for this amendment to change what the current status of abortion rights and regulations and restrictions is in Kansas. So that will make the November election that much more important. And then after that, whatever happens in the legislative session, that much more important. Melissa, you've covered a ton of ground tonight. Anything else we should know about this topic? It's, it's, a, it's an interesting process to watch. You know, if, if nothing else, it says that people can get fired up about an issue and a cause and a process and participate in the political process. And I think that's a great takeaway that maybe after, you know, we always talk about how do you get more people to the polls? How do you get people to participate? This will have people paying attention. And, you know, that bodes well for the democratic process 